welcome to the first Wolves Women podcast. Um, I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined on this show, first show by Jess and Tom. Hi, everyone. And Sai. Hiya. Um, so this is the first Wolves Women podcast, and we thought we'd just look to start to do something slightly different to what the other excellent sort of Wolves podcasts that are out there to do, been focused purely on Wolves women, um, especially with their sort of progression up into into the next division. It's, it seems an ideal time to start that process off. So we'll get um, straight into the introductions a little bit and sort of get, if we just have a quick couple of words from everybody, just to say about sort of a bit about themselves. Um, if we start uh, with Tom, a bit about yourself, please, mate. All right, everyone. Um, as you know, I'm Tom. Um, been a massive Wolves fan since a kid, really. Um, been following the men, women, and academy teams, and yeah, it's been enjoyable to watch. So, yeah, I'm Simon. I've been Wolves fan since I was about nine, which was quite a long time ago. Um, my involvement with the Wolves women purely is because of uh, becoming a match official, and my first ever game was Wolves. RTC uh, Academy game and then progressed and I've been following the, the women's team from an, uh, officiating them and being involved with them quite closely for about 12 years now. And Jess? Um, I'm Jess and I first started watching Wolves. I got a season ticket when I was about six and then I started following the women's team at the beginning of 2019 and yeah. Cool. Um, so what I thought we'd do start for the start of this show is just look a bit at uh, sort of who's come in for the start of this season um, and obviously look at also those who have said goodbye. If we look first at those who've joined us, I think what's something for myself has been interesting is looking at, we seem to have sort of brought in players from two different teams almost. It's We seem to have raided um, Boldmere for a couple of players, Boldmere St. Michael's for a couple of players and Coventry United for... Um, a handful as well so if we start going through the Coventry I'll just quickly run through who we've got and then we can dive into them individually so we've got Beth Merrick's coming up front along with Amber Hughes and Helen Demode. I mean certainly for myself I think that's I mean Coventry United are playing in the championship I think that's a real sort of statement of intent what are your, your thoughts uh side so um the, the, the Cov United link up is because they are going full time and there are certain players that doesn't fit their um, what they're doing. So they're going there and they're paying them. I, I have been quoted the figure, but I wouldn't want to say just in case it's wrong. Um, but how much they've been offered to go full time as to as a full time professional for the club and, and with certain players uh, that doesn't fit their lifestyle. And I'm a better teacher in Itchfield where I am at the moment. Um, so she doesn't want to do that. And I spoke to her about it. I, know, I knew Beth when she was coming through the, the Wolves. I knew she was going to get picked up. Um, and then the, obviously with the other two that have come from Cov, the it's a really good standard to come down towards. Then they're not old, older pros that are out looking for mercenaries that are out just for a last hurrah, and because their legs have gone, there's a really top, you know, uh, top players at that level. Um, I've not seen much. I know much about the two that have come from Balmere. I know that when I refed them, um, Coops stood out quite a bit as as a good player, and I was surprised. I was actually surprised that that's the level that she came from. Where she said she was no disrespect to Balmere, but yeah. um, they've all seemed to be 
uh, they're definitely added quality, um, you know, to, to the side. I've had, I had Cov United a couple of years ago in a county cup final, and they're, they're a class above. They smashed the Albion, which is always, uh, always good to see. They always praise people who smash that lot, yeah. Uh, they're, yes. they're losing by the, they're losing by the way they are. I heard, I heard. Shame, shame. <laughs> Jess, have you had a chance to see any of them at all? This in the new players. Yeah, we were on Sunday. Though all three of them, Beth, Amber, and Helen, were all playing, and I think they did stand out. I know Amber scored twice at the weekend, and Helen and have you could hear her communicating, and I think all three of them really did stand out, and that just proves the quality of players that we are bringing in for the new season. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think it seems to be a real statement of intent um, about you know where we're looking to bring players in um, and going forward. I mean, Tom, have you got any thoughts on it? I think they're good signings. Um, to bring players in from the Women's Championship is always a bonus because we bring a wealth of experience. Um, and what is Coventry's loss is our gain. Um, I think even the players who we've signed from Bolmere, um, they've all had higher level experience. So to bring them into our squad for the upcoming season, we've just been promoted into a new league. It's, it's our game. It's gonna it's gonna be a brilliant season, I think. You yeah. know, we, we've already got a good squad already, and adding them players of that caliber to the squad is gonna make us even better. And credit to Dan and the management team for getting them in. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's huge. I think every single one of them, all all five players, have all sung Dan's yeah. praises and the facilities. Certainly, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to make it up to Lincoln a couple of weeks back to see our players. You know, I was playing there in the pre-season. Um, Helen Coops and Sham were all playing in that game, and as you say, you can see there are different qualities to those are you know sort of those playing we've played previously. I mean, I think what's quite interesting when you look at the bold, you know, looking at the Oldman players, you've got Coops, who seems to be a bit of a utility player from what, you know, sort of playing across the whole of the pitch almost, which is a huge benefit. But Shan as well, I mean, Shan coming in and goal is, uh, gives Beck, uh, you know, Beck Thomas a real bit of good competition as well because they can really push each other. I think um, so Shan seems to be a really good goalkeeper there as well. From um, what I saw, from what I saw last from over the, the preseason, just on a granular level, they all offer something different. I didn't know that H had signed when she played in a preseason game I did at the uh, training ground. And what she brought was uh, she played in a number 10 role, really, behind Jay Cross. And what she brought was a, a real organization, a real experience, really just talk to the players. And she'd obviously not trained with them very much, never stopped talking, dropped in between the lines, dictated the play. Beth notable pace crossing but dead ball situations and I will go on to players that we've lost but I think we may have lost a little bit of that with, with some of the you know with Jen Anslow and, and with the, the dead ball situation I've still got Larry and, and, and such like but that was definitely a, a big plus point was was bringing those from the set pieces and you're probably going to get less goals from open play this year than you would have done and relying more on set pieces but all three signings from from Cov all bring something slightly different I'm not seeing Amber so I can't I can't comment. She's not playing any of the games that I have, but it is definitely very deliberate in the type of signings that they brought in, and something that was definitely something different to what they'd already got, and something that would probably definitely needed to go to compete at this level. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it gives it's also that experience. You know, with Coventry having recently just been promoted out of this league, 
having that bit of match you know, experience in this level is huge and that winning in this level is also that's his mentality as well isn't it sort of touching on sort of moving on from that the the other sort of new sign i'll say new signing or new announcements that we've had this week is uh jenna burke martin has been sort of promoted move side well it's, it is a promotion it is but she moved up to head of women and girls football i mean i think that's i mean it's whilst it's macca's loss because i know macca sings her praises as as his assistant but my views on that is is a huge statement of intent from the club tom i don't know if you've had a chance to sort of pick up what the announcement any views at all on it i seen the announcement yesterday i think it's a good move for the club and it's it's a good move for the club all around, really. Um, obviously, it's the first one that they've had full time in a position. So, yeah, I think it. I think it's a very good move. Very good move for everyone. Everyone involved. So, views. I mean, obviously, you've been on site. You've been on pitch side when she's. Yeah, Jen, Jenna was still standing around there, and Jenna's was a second spot at the club. She was she was involved with the coaching staff quite a long time ago with the RTC, and then came back um, to to do the first, with the first team. Um, I don't know how involved she's going to be with the first team operations, or if she's going to have any actually active involvement. She's a very, very, very good coach, um, but I think this role will suit. And now she, she knows the the club well inside now. She's yeah, she, she's a really good person, and I think that they'll be in safe hands. And it just shows that how they're growing as a as a club and an organisation that they need someone dedicated full time position to to take charge of the, the the girls. And I'm sure I'll be dealing with her, working with the RTC and things like that in the over the next season. So, yeah, certainly the way it was announced was that she she wasn't necessarily going to be um she was no longer going to be an assistant. So it might well be it's not on the peripheries, helping with the coaching and maybe sort of bringing through some of the youngsters. I mean, it'd be interesting to, once she's settled in, see if we can persuade her to come on and give us a bit of a view of her, how she sees her role as well. Jess, what about yourself? You know, you, you saw the announcement. Any, you know, how do you take it, see it happening, developing? Yeah, I think it's a big statement to show that, obviously, we are employing people full-time now and I think it just proves the pathway that we're trying to take in women's football and I think it is amazing both for the girls and the RTC and the senior team I think it is a big statement in itself to say that we are employing going to start employing people full-time and I think it is the only way is up really from what we've where we had a few years ago into now is the the drastic changes and I think it is amazing to see that obviously Jenna will be full-time now. Yeah, I think it was sort of taking a step back. So like it was look, it was really interesting to see the comments made by Jeff and Scott, you know, Jeff Sheen, Scott Sellers on the Ask the Board type conversations at the end of the last season, where they talked about developing the sort of the women's setup. And I think the phrase they sort of what they their statement was they wanted, you know, sort of all you know girls in the West Midlands to have that opportunity. Every girl in the West Midlands have an opportunity to play football and be able to, and want to come to our club. And that I think is is a big statement, especially when you look at the two teams in the that we got in the WSL plus Covert United, obviously in the Championship as well around us. To be saying we want to challenge those teams for the all the best players or you know young players coming through, I think it's a really big statement. I think this is the the starter for that, but I think it's going to be a real interesting um, movement forward. Uh, so the local, so locally, so the the the. the the positive thing about that is locally for the last 20 years, any good, any Wolves ever got a good player at an RTC academy level that they would go to Birmingham without a shadow of a doubt. 
uh, to Birmingham. That's now no longer happening. Villa is the is the place to be for a young girl in the Midlands. If she's if she's the best, she'll go to the Villa. Birmingham have got their own internal problems and some bad press, and we used to lose a lot to the Alpine as well. But now with our facilities and the, the fact that they don't have to pay any money and that they've got all the, the guidance and things like that, means that our draw and our playing power and our keeping hold of some of our best talent because. Beth Merrick is the next prime example yeah. of someone that was too good for Wolves went away, but that won't that won't happen, and, and it might take five years to become to fruition that we might have girls that go on to represent and hopefully us in the championship and international honours. I think we've had a Wales international that Erin played for Wales when she played for us uh, a while ago, um, but that won't happen anymore. We won't just lose our best players to to better academies. They won't just be snapped up by Birmingham or by Villa because. The, the facilities we've got here are are equal to, to what's got there, so we will we really see the benefits of that in five years' time. But that's good that the club are invested and they haven't lost patience with us during the pandemic and all the commitments that they made to the club before the pandemic haven't now been pulled as a because of lack of money and lack of you know they, everyone's had to cut you know, cut their cloth accordingly. But there's still no you know they haven't withdrawn any interest or investment within the the women and the girls, which is good to see. 100%, sorry, 100%. Um, moving on to the departures, I think, you know, we've t- touched on a couple of the people we've already said goodbye to, but um, the only sort of formal announcements I've seen are, so we have, because I haven't seen the retained list yet um, or the squad, you know, final squad list for the season, so I don't know if we are going to see any more announcements of new signings yet. Um, but obviously, sort of, we saw, said goodbye to Jen, Jen Anslow, over 230, you know, 230 appearances for us and 47 goals. Um, so that was a you know real loss. That's that's retirement, unfortunately. Got you know, it's but she was able to play at the Molyneux, I think, just before the end of the you know, at the end of the season. Say goodbye to everybody, which is awesome. Um, another player we said goodbye to, which caused a lot of upset at my house. Uh, it was my daughter's favourite player, um, Lindsay Glover. Um, only been with us a couple of seasons, but 21 appearances and seven goals, and a, a mean penalty taker. From my remember, you know, my memories of seeing her take them, um, as sort of had to take a wanted to take a step back and sort of reassess her involvement. Unfortunately, uh, Jess, you're a big fan as well of Lindsay's, weren't you? Yeah, I think she was. She's been over the last two seasons. She's been, I know, with the fans as well. She's been very good to the fans and I think she's been a big part of Wolves and it will be sad to, it was sad to see her go when they announced it but yeah it is obviously she has a diff she wants to go in a different pathway with teaching career and I think hopefully one day we may see her back in football whether that be at Wolves or a different club but you know it was pretty sad to see her leave yeah quality player unfortunately but um yeah for these things you people got put you know this sort of level people got to put their careers at uh, you know, I've got to consider what's most important for themselves, I think. So you've obviously refereed for quite a few of our games. You had much dealings with Jen and sort of had... Uh... God, yeah, I've known Jen 10 years plus. Promotions, relegations, the best left foot in the business. You won't see a, you won't see a better corner taker. You, go, you were to go and watch uh, men's football at a semi-pro standard conference, North Conference, so you won't see when she was in a prime, that left foot was in a complete one deliveries. The amount of goals that Wolves scored, corner, cross, Janet, corner from Anslow, header from what was Perksey and Anna Price. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, you know, and a good time. And when I was our assistant, we'd always have a good chat whenever I was on the line taking a corner. And I'd say, Right, where are you whipping it now? Just straight on the keeper, brilliant. Um, and Lindsay, I knew Lindsay when she played for, for Calcer, and 
she raised a few eyebrows when she uh, made the step up to Wolves. Uh, Albion had turned away and said she was only good enough for grassroots football, and she always paid with that that point to prove. Um, yeah, they said yeah she's not not good not good enough for, for Albion, so she went to the Wolves and she absolutely smashed it. Yeah, um, yeah, she was brilliant, a, a real good personality, you know, helpful with the younger players, and it would be a big loss. Um, it is a position that we're quite blessed in in the fullback area, so I think that we'll, as a club, be okay. But as a personality in the dressing room, you know, that's where that's where we'll feel it the most, rather than actual as a position player. Yeah, what what is it about Albion sort of turning away talented players? They've not got a track, yeah, track record for it. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't got a manager. They haven't even got a manager at the moment, so they're not in a position to turn in anybody. Well, um, exactly. I, do, I I don't know. I, I I think that they had they've they've had various guys. Is Albion? We've digressed a little bit because they were sporting. They, they had no support from the from the men's team for a while. They they broke off and became Sporting Club Albion as a charitable trust that was set up and then eventually men, the men's team got back involved. But I just always, there's always just been an air of they're bigger than us, they're better than us, there's an arrogance. And they've been in division above us and they'll just turn away those type of players. And I don't know, they, they, there's just a certain ethos to that club and, and in the women's, you know, that, that, that's never changed in the 10 years that I've been involved in with or known of them. They've always been the same, same type of player. And hopefully this season will be the... Uh, the uh, the passing of the torch and will overtake them as the as the better side and, and leave them in our in our trail. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think. I mean, obviously, as I said, we've, there's a couple of other players who we think might well have moved on. Millie's obviously Millie Connard's obviously headed over to USA to take up her scholarship that she I think she delayed it this year, didn't she, Jess? Because of COVID, is that right? I'm not sure. I know Naya delayed hers, but. I don't know about Millie, but I think she's only she was only with us for two years. But you know that game against Stowell when she played, she came yeah. back from a game she was supposed to play, and she came and we won from penalties. I think that was probably one of her highlights at Wolves. But yeah, yeah, I remember that it was yeah that was a really tough game as well to sort of basically turn around midway through the mat midway travelling um, to a different game. That's uh, it's one of those. Um, Moving on to sort of the pre-season friendlies, some of these have been behind closed doors. Some of these have been sort of um, not very well publicised. I don't know whether that's deliberate by the club or um, just, you know, that something about keeping, you know, Maka wanting not to get lots of, um, wanting to just allow the players to focus on training and development um, and not, and also not have everyone coming seeing who he's who he's signing up and sort of getting out on trial. So we, we you know, we aren't, but you know, he's uh, not being uh, scouted by the opposition. But I think by my count, we've played one, two, three, four, five, half a dozen games now, and I, we've not lost any. Um, I think I'm just going to quickly run through the first couple, and we could just digest. Um, Plymouth, uh, no, we won eight nil. So we won Solihull, beat Solihull more again, 8-0. Um, I was up at the Lincoln game where we drew two all. Um, and then we beat Oxford 2-1. Um, I think that, you know, those first four games there, I mean, obviously Lincoln, we've we've challenged and played several times. I think we've all, you know, Lincoln are a good, good team in the division we're leaving behind us. Um, but... I think that was a really good. That was that was the day. It was really absolutely scorching. There were pro- lots of regular drinks breaks, and I think the heat and small squad 
Um, did take a bit of its toll on us, which is why we only drew two all. But that sort of, what are your thoughts immediately from those sort of four games as you see them first, Tom? You know, sort of two big wins, a draw and a, and a win against Oxford. Any thoughts? I think we've been some good results. I mean, um, you know, stay with Vivid, with a new signing playing as well. Pre-season, we all know it's about fitness, it's about getting the tactics, gelling the team together. Um, but, you know, we beat, as I say, we beat Plymouth 8-0. We've got a few good results out of them pre-season games. So, yeah, I think that it, it gives us that steady to go through into the season with, you know, you, you're unbeaten through pre-season, so it's a good thing to go into the season with a good pre-season behind you. And, yeah, I think it's all good. Yeah. What about yourself, Si? Did you get to see any of the games? Were you involved in any of them? As, as yeah, an so... Um... I was there the time of recording. I did two last two last night. We're going to them a little bit. Um, they haven't learned a lot from any of the games that that I've seen. Um, the only thing they're going to take from is fitness and confidence. Mm. What I will say is that the one thing that I would have liked them to have seen is uh, I know that they played um, uh, they played a championship thing that they didn't renounce the score, but I would like to seem to have a bit more of a physicality in the the preseason. I followed them closely when they were in this this this, this level before under Tim Duddin, and he was the manager. And they were never never so much outplayed, more so they were very much outfought and outmuscled. The difference in the physicality in the division above, when they were playing teams like the Blackburn and Sunderland were in this division and Albion were still up there, they were outfought a lot. They were outmuscled mm. a lot. And it would have been good to have seen a team playing at full intensity and, and, and have a good scrap and a battle. Um, last night, they played two games simultaneously with a bit of a mixture of... Um, First team, so predominantly first team players played in the dome, and they play, they played at Leafield and beat them eleven nil last night. And then I had more reserve team with a couple of first team sprinkled in, um, which they beat Leeds eight nil um, on the night. So it was interesting, but there is definite. I think they're going to utilise more of the reserves this season of reserve team players that will be first team and interchanging them to get them game time. But uh, I don't think they'd have learnt a lot from it. It would have been maybe the Oxford game or Oxford in the equivalent Southern. Yeah, they are. I, I was chatting to um, a fan of Ox- of Oxford on, you know, just messaging backwards and forwards on Twitter because he was obviously at the game and he was impressed with us. I know we've played them a couple of times over the last sort of couple of pre seasons, um, and he was saying, yeah, I and mean, obviously we've had some really good humdingers with them at the time, you know, sort of pre season uh, before, and he was he was really impressed with us. He couldn't remember who score for us he didn't there was no names or anything announced but he was impressed with our, our um our play uh he was it was a good you know i think everyone was playing well i think that was the key you know from him so it wasn't uh wasn't that oxford hadn't bothered to turn up and we just managed to nick one it was a it was a good game all around i'm just gonna uh, see if i can double check what else he said um yeah um i mean he wasn't that yeah uh yeah, that was that was the main things that he was picking up. That they, um, it was a really good game. Um, yeah, that was the key. But I think, as you say, it was a really, it was a good, it was the same level. I think the game this Sunday we're recording again um, on the on the Friday night um, against Ipswich is going to be the real tester. Um, Ipswich are starting to sign players professional as well, so in the, they're in the southern. Tier, yeah, tier three, seven, and they're starting to sign professional players. So I think that's going to be a real tester for us as well if we're going up against them and can hold our own 
then that would suggest that, you know, so it gives us a good understanding, as you say, um, being able to be physical. It's one of the things I like about when we play Lincoln as well, it, is that they're, they're physical as well. It will probably give us the best hint and indication of what the starting eleven and the way forward is going to be, which you've not really had any chance to see. If you just ask me what I think he's going to go with his starting eleven, apart from the goalkeeper, perhaps, I couldn't tell you. Uh, you could pick what the odd one or two, but apart from that, there's nothing from any of the games that said right there they're going to be the, the nailed on starters, which I don't think is Macca's style anyway. I think he's very much on the rotation. I think in women's football, it's difficult with availability and things to, to always have nailed on starters. There's not always necessarily guaranteed availability for that player for, for some reasons. It would be an immense football. Well, exactly. Um, and we've got that squad depth as well, that it means that, you know, especially with the signs we brought in, we can rotate round and give players. Good luck keeping them happy. That's all I say. Rather you than me. Well, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't fancy that. What about yourself, Tom? Would you fancy trying to keep that, that those girls happy with game time? Not really, no. Because you know you've got a, at least two slash three players in each position who are all good enough to be in that starting eleven and start not beginning of the season. So I don't envy Maka at all because he's got some very tough choices to make this season. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's going to be some really interesting challenge for him. Uh, and I, I think that's one good thing is, is that we've played quite a few games now and we've got, um, obviously there's the game that's um, against the, the teams are slightly higher up. I'd like to have seen a few, couple more games against high, more, more um, championship teams. Um, that would have been nice just to give that challenge against a, a higher high level opposition. But uh, you know, behind closed doors, championship game as well was a, would have been a, was a Good, obviously good positive that we didn't lose that um, but yeah I think it's it's been a good positive pre-season I think is what I, as you say was fitness um, on the in the legs and that's the key well I think that brings us to the, that brings us to the end of the sort of the pre-seasons and what, I, what we'll bring wrap up sort of this as uh, end of part one um, we'll be back in part two with season predictions the opening league fixtures and any other bits and pieces. See you after the break. Welcome back to part two of the first ever Wolves Women podcast. Um, okay, so as we start, you know, we've sort of looked back at what's gone on for the last sort of over the close season, but looking forward, um, it'd be really interesting to get your season predictions. So a mixture of about sort of who do you think, you know, how do you think Wolves will do as a team and sort of who, you know, let's have predict- we'll have predictions for Golden Boot as well, for, for Wolves at least. Um, also, who might be challenging for the title and also relegation predictions for the, from the league. Uh, if we start with yourself, Tom, how do you think Wolves are going to do this season? I think we can, I think we're brimming for a good season. I think that we've, we've shown um, from the end of last season within the FA Cup, and obviously in pre-season, that we can compete with teams in the higher divisions. And we've signed some very good players with experience um, who's come from a championship and they're going to come in. So I think, yeah, I think we can we can finish in the top half. I mean, I'll say we're top four. I think we, we, we can. I think we can get into the top four. Oh, I really no, do. Note that down, top four. All right, OK. So, Jess, what about yourself? Yeah, well, I agree. I think obviously signing players from teams that are 
trying to sign people professionally I think that speaks for itself but I think definitely top half hopefully challenging but I don't know this season is obviously first back in this division for a few years so obviously from the cup run we did obviously beat Watford and we went up against Blackburn who are in the division above us so I think we'll definitely be top half and hopefully challenging for the title. And and yourself, Si? Just consolidation, I think. I think they need to. I think that that is the key. I don't think they'll be in a relegation scrap. I just think that they want to consolidate and just uh, continually build and show that other, you know, continue to to the players. I think that the first half of the season, you're really going to see who's made the step up and who hasn't within the terms of the quality of the squad so there'll be lots of chopping and changing and there'll be players that you know won't make the step up and I think there'll be some players that surprise us and, and, and actually will be able to, to make it and I think once you once you get through that and depending on the weather and if there's not big stoppages over the winter I think they'll have a better second half of the season as they find their identity and probably I worry that being independent the, the first few games, you know, being a bit, and we'll touch on the opening fixtures, just being a bit shell shocked with the say with the physicality of it. Get a good start. I know we've got them not down the road quite early on. Um, get a good start. Get a few, you know, a couple of results, uh, and that will bode well. But I'm, I'm predicting a much better second half than the first mm. half. Adjusted. Mid table or we're gonna Yeah, mid table. I think I think I think that's I think that's an achievement in itself. I think that they'll the club will play it down and say, look, we just want to be still in this division. Um secretly I don't think they'll have any more ambitions and that's job one and that's the first focus. And once that's been done, they'll look to consolidate. I think that even in your wildest dreams, I don't think they're gonna be pushing for the, the top, but you never know. You, you never know. There's always one surprise package. Um, but you know, there's some good teams in there. So yeah, no, definitely. I think. I mean, I think you're. I think you're right. I think we will. You know, it's key is to stay in the division. At the end of the day, we've you know put a lot of time, money, and effort into it as a club, and you know as individuals as well. So we need to make sure we stay. One in that. thing. Go sorry, on, one thing is the mentality shift. Sorry, one thing is the mentality shift. We've turned up and turned over teams for three years. Yeah. We've steamrolled a team for three years. All of a sudden, we're going to have a team that aren't going to do that. And how are you going to react to that? How are you going to be? You were always the one to be shot at. And P teams did up the game, you know, coming mm. to the Wolves. That was their cup final in that mm. division. Now we're not. Now we're the small fish. How are you going to change your mentality? And you've got to muck in and grind out a result and not, are oh, we going to score four or five? Well, exactly, isn't it? And it's a fresh challenge for some of those players. I think some of those players will also have been, no, they could just turn up and play because they, they had the quality that would mean that they would get the result without having not necessarily to put not put effort in because that would be you know wouldn't be fair on the players but that they wouldn't necessarily have to put the the the, the amount of effort that was needed to you know compared to this division where you're going to have much tougher opposition going forward um i think yeah i i've, I've said on other sort of shows and bits and pieces top half top six um benefit of a 13th league team yeah 13 team league is top six is technically top half but um there but yeah i think that's definitely uh interesting one um jess top goal scorer for wolves this season i mean it's, it's usually there's only one name that you usually put there but it's going to be a different season this season i think yeah i think obviously for the past few years jay cross has obviously she won golden boot for the national league a couple of seasons ago and i think She'll definitely score goals like usual, but I think having seen Amber Hughes on Sunday, I think, you know, she scored two goals. And I think that sort of, as soon as she scored, the team's 
sort of mentality shifted into we can get a result here and I think hopefully those two I think will be the standout people in terms of getting golden boot for Wolves. So you got a view on who might be golden boot? Yeah, I think I think it'll be close. I think it'll be between Jade and and, and Ambro, I would I would assume. Jade scored plenty of goals the last time they were up in this division, albeit four or five years ago, but she's still got the pace. Teams play teams know how to play against Jade a little bit better at this level. They'll drop off a bit, whereas they get killed by a play in the high line in the division because they've got no choice but to push up to try and keep us penned in and they will have the, the pace to, to keep up with it. But she still will score goals. I've not seen anything of Amber, but I'd never write off Jade Cross even if even in the division that in this uh, in this league and the division above with her pace because it's still frightening. I mean I don't know how old she is now, but she isn't she hasn't lost any pace at all. I think she's mid twenties, isn't she? She's still quite but she's been with the club that long, you forget, because I've noticed since she was sort of eight, uh, her and Emma when they were in the, the they were in the academy, you know, eight and nine year olds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's certainly still at her peak, and I don't see any, I don't see that tailing off anytime soon. No, same. Tom, what about yourself? Who do you think might well get that sort of a golden boot for Wolves this season? I agree with um, what Sai and Jessup says. It's between Jade Cross and Amber Hughes. Um, you know, we, we all know what Jade Cross can do. Um, you know, the way she presses. And we've seen last, it was last season in the FA Cup, Watford. When we played Watford, I couldn't handle it. But just, mm. She kept winning the ball off, taking the ball off the defenders. And, you know, she scored from one of them. So, you know, with the way she plays, she's still got the pace. So I, I think, as the other says, between Jade and Amber, I think, this season. Yeah, I remember that uh, that game against Watford. Um, the Watford... Um, Women's podcast got me on to talk about that, and so I oh, said, "Oh yeah, Jay Cross, she's yeah, lightning quick. She'll get in behind you, to, you know." Because and they just well sort of nodded at the time, and then we came back on afterwards to the sort of post-match review, and I went, "Told you so," and they just went, "Yeah, you did, didn't you?" But um, yeah, I think I think Beth could well do, sneak it as well. Do you know? I've I've got a sneaky suspicion Beth will get uh, get quite get quite a few goals because you know with her experience of that up at the yeah, the next yeah the higher division championship. Um, her and Amber linking up, I think, will be quite a, a potent force. I mean, I think we've we've all seen that sort of um, we've got somebody coming up through the ranks who might well get a few goals this season as well. Sort of playing up in a similar mould almost to, to Jay, sort of sneaking out around the back. I've got a feeling she's not actually going to Leo's not going to play that much this season. It should be used more as a substitute. That's my views. You know, sort of used against tired legs. Um, if I go to yourself there, Cy, first, views? Oh, I think Leo's going to get used a lot, actually. I think she's she's an exceptional talent. She's literally come out of nowhere, hmm. even the first time I saw her in the in the reserves. And the under-16s, uh, I thought, oh, she's a good player and such like. But in the last, the development has just been phenomenal, the, the talent and the... It's slightly different to Jade. It's slightly different. She's a little less... Jade runs at you and gets your head down. Leo will sort of run past you a little bit and just glides past people and, and stuff. So, different type of player, but both pacey, but she's just, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of her and I think that, that she will. And I, and I hope to God that she, she does get the, you know, she could probably just add a bit of physicality to a game and that will come as she gets a bit older and as could all of the, the players. I mean, that's my biggest bugbear about the sort of the team moment is they're a bit too nice. 
and the need the need from a from a match official's point of view they need to learn to be that be a little bit more cynical and just give away the, the old tactical foul and just slow the game down and just be a bit more gritty like there's a, there is a standout performer that knows exactly how to do that in Tammy George um but the rest of them need to learn to and that's what that's what Leo's just missing at the moment which gets that the sky's the limit for they'll do well to keep hold of her Go on, Tom, your views on Leo? I think she's a brilliant talent. You know, as you say, she last season she came out of nowhere, um, broke in to the first team, scored a few goals. Um, I know she scored um, some goals in pre-season mm. as well. So I think that, yeah, I think she can be that type of player off the bench, um, as you say, late on in games when you say tiring legs. But I think that she will get, I think she will get a few starts as well. I can see her starting a couple of games as well. So, yeah, I think she'll she'll get plenty of minutes. It's all about learning for her because she's coming, she just broke through and now she's going straight into a higher division. And obviously it's more about physicality as well. So I think she needs to work on physic, uh, physicality. But yeah, I can see her as a top talent and I think that, you know, she will get game time this season. So, Jess, do you reckon Leo's going to get double figures in goals, number of goals this season, or is it going to still just be a handful? Put you on the spot there. I mean, I hope for her and I hope for Wolves that it is, you know, when she came in, I think within the first few games, she already scored a hat trick. And I think that speaks for itself in being, was she 15 then? Coming in at 15 years old and scoring a hat trick against Stockport, I think is phenomenal and it shows how good she is. And yeah. I hope for her that she does get into double figures and I would it wouldn't surprise me but you know we can't expect too much of her just yet because you know there's people playing in teams that are going to be nearly 20 years older than her and I think it will be a bit of a learning curve coming from under 16s and reserves going straight into the top national league divisions but I hope so. Yeah now I saw I saw a score uh, against Lincoln uh, and you can see that you say see the talent that she was um, and there's still a little bit of rawness that just will develop as she as she gains those expect those you know gets that game time. I just I always worry when you get sort of young players is get chucking them in too too soon, giving them too much game time, um, putting too much pressure on them. Which is why I'd be you know if she did spend you know, but, you know start the odd games, maybe could do some of the cup run, you know start some of the cup games, and then it, and time off the bench coming off the bench just give her that experience and utilize when they're weak yeah when the other teams are when the other defenses are are tired then that'll be um that'll be good for me personally i think um but yeah i think it's a it's a phenomenal talent that we've got there um and certainly one that we should hopefully um you know we'll hopefully see for many years in the wool shirt and being still sort of uh under 18 you know we we can maybe even sign up you know she might well be uh somewhere you can sort of develop the team around going forward in, the, in a few years' time. We've alluded to, um, so moving on to open league fi- opening league fixtures, the first three games are going to be some int- real interesting games. But I mean, if we start with the first two, because the, the third one is a, is a slightly different matter. Um, the first game is at home against Middlesbrough. Um, I noticed that we, or I, I know we, we, they finished ninth last season. Obviously, when the season ended, they were ninth. Um, I know Jess, you were saying that you, they've picked, they've got uh, their own sort of goal scoring machine. You picked up any more? You picked up any more about that? Or I just saw that. Obviously, she was. I think she's pretty new on the scene at Middlesbrough, but 
she scored six goals in four games in pre-season and I think hopefully, you know, she doesn't score against us, but I think she is someone to look out for in terms of goal-scoring threat going forward for Middlesbrough. Yeah, I think obviously they're... Northeast England has got it's it's been a hotbed of women's football for a good few years. Um, any thoughts on that as well, Sai? Have you had any dealings with the sort of um, No, I haven't, I've seen, I haven't seen any of them for for a while. From the last time the Wolves were in there, they've been in there for quite a long time. They're what would say they're an established, mm. um, established national, you know, Premier Division team. Um, but that's the type of it, it. You couldn't really pick a better. But perhaps have them that we're, we're away, aren't we? Uh, no, um, we're at home for that one. Out at home, okay. So that's even better, really. You couldn't you sort of handpicked to be your acid test. Your where are we? You know, we're at home. We've got Middlesbrough. There are you know there are there thereabouts kind of side. So let's see where we are with it. Into it's good. It's good. Good test, and hopefully they'll kick on from it, get away, get a result, and then take it from there. Okay, moving on to the next game against Derby Tom. I mean, they they were fourth at the tail end of last season, obviously, when it finished. Um, yeah. I think that's my views that would be much more of a challenge. What, you, what about yourself? Um, I think the Derby game will be a challenge, yeah. And obviously, I think that was away from home as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really know much about the Derby team, um, I'll be honest. Um, but, you know, we'll go there, play our game, hopefully. We'll come away with a with a draw or a win, you know, just to get a result. Um, but you know, yeah, I think I think we can. But yeah, we um, we played Derby in a warm up match between one of the one of the restarts. Don't ask them which one because there's been that many, um, and it was a real tough game. But we we did beat them and got the better. They thought they were going to turn up and turn us over. And we give him a good, our ref that game, and Wolves really give him a good, um, a good scene to be. Good, that was a good physical game, and they really did get stuck in. It was at Bilton College, um, and they beat Derby, and Derby were not happy about it whatsoever. So that was uh, hopefully we can remember that. And uh, they got some good players though. They're, I think they'll be challenging for the title. Derby, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Well, they were only fourth on goal difference, um, but yeah, so that that so that'll be a, a game to. Uh, but yeah, make sure we're uh, giving them a good cheering on for give the girls good good sound off. We're away from home, which moves us on to the third game of the season. I, I, part of me is really gutted this is a, a Wednesday night because I think it would have been great yeah. just to have had it on a um, on a on a weekend where more people could have got to. Certainly, I, I'm unfortunately I won't be able to get to it because I'll be co- I'm coaching on Wednesday nights. Um, but Wednesday night under the lights. Uh, it's a small team who put where uh, Tesco carrier bags down the road. Um, the first black country derby, only, only away black country derby of the season or guaranteed one of the season because the, the, the men's team can't do anything. Their men's team can't do anything either. So Jess, thoughts about playing that lot? Uh, I think West Brom, you know, obviously it is always a big game playing against West Brom, whether it's men's or women's football, but they had a couple of poor results in pre-season. You know, they lost quite a few goals when they played Plymouth. Obviously, we beat them 8-0 and I think they lost to a similar goal difference. But I think, you know, derby games always do provide a bit more entertainment. So, I don't know. I think in terms of quality, we have got enough to beat them. But, you know, it's a derby and you can't really rule anything out. But it's especially being in midweek, I think 
it is only third game in, you know, you've only played one home game, one away game, and then you've gone straight into the derby. It is pretty quick into the season, but I don't see a reason why we couldn't get a result there. Tom, what thoughts, what do you, what's your thoughts on them? Not Obviously, they've not got a manager, as Silo said earlier. Do you think that will have an impact on how they perform? I mean, I mean, assume they'll have one by that point, but do you think it'll have had an impact on their pre-season, etc.? Um, yeah, I think I think it will. Um, obviously, you want continuity. You want a manager in place. Because um, you all know each manager's got different ways of doing things. So if he, obviously, we ain't got a manager. Um, but we all know that when we come into this game, in a black country derby form, goes out the window. You know, it's a black country derby. There's bragging rights up for, up for stake, you know. And I think that I think Wolves will. I think Wolves will will beat him. You know, um, it's going to be one of them games. You know, both both teams are going to be got up for it. Both teams will want to win it. Um, but yeah, I just I just hope that we come away with bragging rights and and get the win. What about yourself, Si? Black Country Derby. Great time to play them. Superb time to play them. They've obviously not had a manager. It's absolutely the best time. And the, unfortunately, the, the 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 more local games will be midweek because there's an obligation to put midweek fixtures in there. So that's why we always played Kelsey on a Wednesday night or Albion. It's just the uh, closest team that have to play uh, a midweek. I think it's the perfect time to play them. Really lay down a marker if they can get a point from Middlesbrough and then put in a good performance against Derby. Get whatever you can and beat the Albion. You know, that is a huge, huge start. And I really think, I think they'll turn them over. I really do. I think they'll be so up for it. And because they're in a bit, a club that's in a bit of disarray at the moment, that compared to what they were, I think it's the perfect time to play them before they get settled. Um, and, and I've seen, I've seen Albion, I've seen Albion hammer Wolves women teams over years. I've, I've had to give penalties against Albion. Um, in, in Black Country Derby, penalties for Albion in Black Country Derbies. Um, you know, as much as I have a lot of love for the club, I've, I've always been impartial whenever I've officiated. I've never, I've never shown any impartiality, and uh, it, it would just be nice to not be involved in the game because I won't be, um, and just to sit on the sidelines and just enjoy it in that rather than having the, the abuse. But then everyone will turn around to me and say, What did you think of that? What about him? What do you think he's rubbish? Would you have done that? Would you have done that? Uh, so you've already got my questions ready for the next pods, you know. So there you go. I was going to, yeah, do, yeah. to review the refer us already. Yeah, and that's fine. And and, and going on a, on a bit of a tangent, I am actually um, going to be doing that for the men's team podcast for the Wolves Fancast. So um, the resident own sort of ask the ref section will be uh, more when there's some some rubbish from the officials. I'll, I'll have to get it in the neck and try and defend them as best I can. The, the referee is always right when he gives it in our favour. He's always wrong when he gives it against <laughs> us. That's the easy rule. So yeah. that's the easy you, rule. You think about how frustrated you get when you see a match official. You just think how much you amplify it times twenty when I see a poor match official. <laughs> uh, you know, I know, I know what it takes. And I know the, the, the you know the bread and butter. But I'll always back them if I think it's you know I'll always back someone with their opinions if it's a, a judgment call. It's frustrating for me when you see it's control. If there's a lack of control from an official. Um, then that's what frustrates me more than if you made a decision and it's a pretty borderline opinion call, fair enough. But yeah, when they lose a bit of control and then you need to someone to get a good grip of the game, that's the most frustrating thing. Um, there's an attitude in women's football, there's a bit of an attitude towards match from match officials that don't. And a spoiler alert so the way that the officials are appointed this season is very different and they will be appointed from a pool of referees nominated by county, not necessarily ones that have 
put their hand up and said they want to be involved in women's football. Um, I have been across and I have I have been involved in games where there's people that have said, oh, I don't even know why I'm doing this. It's only a women's game. Uh, and their attitude has stunk during the game. So mm. I'm hoping not to see a repeat of that. And I'm hoping that attitudes have changed a little bit. Um, towards the towards the women's game, and it's not just a, a, an easy easy payday, um, and they give it the, the same application. So hopefully, you'll also hope that things like the, the Black Country Derby, they they think about the right sort of getting the right sort of referee in for it, not just about having yeah, it will. anybody. It, 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 it will. And again, I know that they've had certain people that have done the game just to tick boxes within the FA, and I hope that that's now gone. Yeah. Uh, there's been lots of lots of favours for, for for officials and things like that to give them a nice game because of, of who they are and who they know within the county, but it's now centralised by the by the actual FA, which is positive, uh, I believe. Um, and it'll be interesting. But if they're rubbish, I'll be the first person to give them just as much stick as everyone else, and good, I'll good. tell them. Good, and good. then I'll say that tell the immortal line that every referee hates. I'm a referee, you know. <laughs> I've got my uh, laws of association football somewhere for when yeah, I did my yeah. training. I'm glad you said. See, you've already got more respect from me than most people because you've called them the laws and not the rules. There's strike one. Laws of association football is your life. The two, the usual loaf, The two things that annoy a referee is calling the rules and saying the ball's round. That's it. Yeah, it's not round. No. Right, Tom. First three games. How how many points do you think we'll have up on the board by the end of that that Black Country derby? I would, um, I would say about four or five. I think that would be a decent start out of them three games. If we can get a win, a draw, or maybe a win, two draws, something like that. Two wins would be brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go four or five. It would be a steady start into the season. Jess, what about yourself? Yeah, I completely agree. I think to hopefully beat the Albion, get a draw against Derby, hopefully get a draw against Middlesbrough, I think that would be a good start, you know. I think trying to say, are we? I think we're going to get nine points or seven points. I think that is a big ask, especially when you're playing Derby, you're playing Middlesbrough, and you're playing West Brom. So, I think four or five points would be a very good start for Wolves going into the season. Simon, slightly different question for you. So, what would you see as a poor start to the season for Wolves women? Performances, getting turnover, losing two or three. I think they stay within games and don't lose. I think they'll get. I genuinely believe that they'll get six points. Hand on heart, I think they'll get six points. I think they'll beat Middlesbrough. I think they'll beat Albion. And anything against Derby is a bonus. I really do. Especially that's why I asked. Is it at home? I think at home they'll be chomping at the bit. They'll come out fast. They'll come out hard, and they'll get. I think they'll turn over Middlesbrough. Um, Derby, anything. Is a positive, but I but and I think they'll be Derby, and I think six points is a is a fantastic start and give them the the confidence and the belief. Uh, but it's just they've got to. My only issue is what happens if Middlesbrough break away and score a couple of quick goals early doors, and you find yourself two 0 down after 20, 15, 20 minutes. It's how do you react? How do you? Oh my God, we're really in for it now. Do you then become the rabbit in the headlights, or do you drag yourself out of it? That is the only concern is because it's in a position that they've not really been in, even against Blackburn. The Black, you know, we went we went, we went up, we, you know, we went ahead. But so that experience to tell you that's probably not going to happen. But how do they react as a club if that does? That chin check. Someone will, someone will, someone will turn them over this season. At some point they're going to get turned over by someone in that division, whether it's a bad day or 
Um, and then they had the reacts, but I, I genuinely believe six points. You heard it here first. Six points, right? There we go. So if it's not six points, we know who to come and blame there. Yeah. Um, just quick before we sort of round up any other business, etc. Predictions for end of season: who's going to win the league? Who's going to get relegated? Um, start with you, Jess. Um, I think Derby were obviously up there last season, so I don't see why they couldn't. Nottingham Forest, they've signed a couple of good players. I think mm. I don't think there's going to be one standout team. I do think it's going to be quite close. But yeah, I don't see why Derby, Nottingham Forest, they couldn't do it this season. And relegation candidate? Um, I think Loughborough Lightning, they lost a couple of games in pre-season. So I think I don't think they'll be necessarily challenging, but I think they may be down the bottom half of the table and potentially down into relegation places. Tom, what about yourself? Promotion, relegation? Um, I agree with um, what Jess just said with the promotion. I think Derby will be up there. Nottingham Forest will be up there. Um, with relegation, I think they say Loughborough Lightning, but I also think that if like West Brom don't sort their manager problems out and the problems they've got, I think they might be dragged into it as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't think we're... we're I'm just trying to double-check the fixtures. We played, Yeah, it would be a bit early for us to relegate West Brom in January, sort of uh, late January, but that would have been would have been nice if, if we can get that one postponed by a couple of weeks and just sort of let us relegate them. would be, yeah, entertaining. Um, so, league winners... Leave uh, relegation candidates. Derby, Derby will win it. I think Derby will. Be, they will be there or thereabouts. Never write off Stoke as well. Uh, always a good setup. Um, there, they've mm. always been on the on the periphery. Relegation there. Yeah, Loughborough Hull weren't particularly great last season. Is Brighouse Brighouse the one that came up? Yeah, Brighouse came up with us. They came up from the Northern League. Yeah. So again, have they got the facilities and to, to make that jump and are they going to be there or thereabouts? Um, and then maybe even if the Albion can't sort themselves out, uh, they could be there or there. But I, I would say Derby for the league, uh, Brighouse to go down perhaps, and maybe Hull. Yeah. Yeah, certainly I think the, the Loughborough, um, Hull, and Brighouse are sort of the three, you probably say the three weaker teams, both in sort of setups and where they were last season as well. Both Loughborough and Hull were bottom two last season, so were, for want of better terminology, saved by COVID. I know obviously there's you know slightly different situations for every club, but uh, yeah, that was um, they were the bottom two towards the end of last season when it got ended. Um, so just quickly moving on to sort of uh, Wrapping up any other business, obviously so t- today the FA Cup, Women's FA Cup, um, they announced the dates for the um, first or the initial rounds and when we won't be joining until the first round proper. I think, if I remember rightly, that was, uh, we'll be playing on Sunday the 14th, which means we've already got our first fixture postponement because we're due to be playing Hull at home that day. So I think that would be, a, they'll be rejigging that fixture. Um, Jess, Fancy a cup run? Are we up for the cup again this season or should we just concentrate on the league? Yeah, I don't see why we couldn't be up for it. You know, we've got talent like Leo, I think, that could potentially get a really good cup run. I think it is a bit, I think it is a big ask for her to come into the team in the league and, you know, like score hat tricks against people. But I think in the cup, I can't see why not. 
you know, there's players like young players coming up from the RTC. I honestly could see us getting another really decent cup run again. Tom, you, you fancy recreating what was a really special sort of cup run last season yourself? You, yeah, should we see if we can get yeah. a bit further? Yeah, I think that we um, we can go on a cup run as well. I think that, you know, if you look at the depth that we've got in our squad as well, Mark has got the opportunity in these cup games to play different people. Um, so I don't think it would affect our league um, performances that much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen from last year's cup run but we can do it we can beat the, these teams and the, the, the bigger teams around so yeah I think we can I think we can go on a cup run and probably even get even further this season who knows you know but I think yeah I think we can go on a cup run most definitely yeah I think we'd all enjoy that little chance of uh trip down to Wembley wouldn't we yeah. side we could make it all that, that way I think that would be the that that'll be the that'll be the glory is yeah. is Maka lifts the FA Cup before uh, Bruno does that would be uh, that'd be entertaining um but in all seriousness and what looking back at that cup run what was really good about it in particular was obviously we had Mikey and Claire doing the comms and co-comms with it all being on t- on um, streamed obviously part of that was because we, you know, the fans couldn't be there, so they could make use of it. I mean, what I would say is that I think it'd be excellent if we could do, if certainly for those some of these bigger league games. I mean, you know, that that lot down the road under the lights would be an excellent game to stream because I think um, there'll be a lot of interest in that for both, yeah, you know, both sets of fans that were streamed, um, but also some of you know the other games we've got during the season. Um, see if we could get the. The women's team down at Molyneux. I mean, uh, the, the obvious game. Don't be, be surprised. Don't be surprised if that game's not at Molyneux. What the bag is going at that the home game? Oh, do you know what? That would be awesome if it was. I, I think- am pretty sure there was a, there was an agree there was a, an, an agreement a couple of years ago that, that, that they could have one game at Molyneux, usually at the end of the season, and it mm. didn't happen a couple of years ago because Albion could have won the league at Molyneux. We didn't want that to happen. This is the last time we played a full season when Albion went up out of the mid-league division. And there is definitely an agreement that they can have one league. There was an agreement that they can have one league. I don't know how it's changed in the first one, but don't be surprised if there's a game at... Would, it, would, would they really want it on, in January on a midweek? With protecting the pitch, potentially not. So you may be looking to another game later on in the season, on perhaps on a Sunday. But don't be surprised. Then again, we've got a, a, an excellent groundsman in Chris, or, or, or what is it, the, the Raoul lookalike, as we we all know him now, is uh, uh, hiding behind the the goals went from Neto. But yeah, I think I mean it would be excellent. I it would be a game that does deserve to be under the lights at Molyneux, um, and it would be a real you know good showcase opportunity. I think it'll also depend on how the, the, the team are doing. I think if that, that if we're doing well and got a bit of confidence and therefore it's less of an issue going and playing at Molyneux, whereas if we're struggling, I think they would want to keep it at, at home and therefore giving them, you know, pitch that they know, positions they know, you know, facilities they know, setup that they know, and also not necessarily drag a lot of attention and sort of um embarrasses the wrong phrase, but sort of you know, you big, make a big thing about it and then lose. It's not a great sh- showcase, is it? Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, we're just lucky at the last couple, that last fixture in April is Loughborough Lightning at home, and that could well be a really good game. You know, Sunday in April, we hopefully you know, warm, get the families down there, do a big, big thing about getting Billy Wright open, get all the families in, and 
seeing what you could do. That might be a good, that would be a good game. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see. How far, how far this club has come because from the days of there being a nominated Wolves women match at a men's game, i.e. it's the time for Wolves women to generate some money and shake some buckets around and put some money in the club. Yeah. How things have turned around in two or three years, they know that's not there to generate funds for the club and that they're fully integrated with the men's. It's, it's really exciting to see. And it's yeah. our job to raise the profile so we get more people to go down there so there's more likelihood it'd be a Molyneux. So spread the word. Definitely. Cool. Tom, anything else from yourself you want to say, mate? Um, no, I think we're going to be in for a good season and we're going to enjoy it, you know. Definitely. Si? No, that's it from me. I'm saying interesting to see where they go. Definitely hope that they can cope with the physicality of it. And uh, and when, when I'm right about my six-point prediction, we'll reconvene. Definitely. Jess? Yeah, no, I agree. I think We've just got to hope that we do get some good results in the first few games and that does boost everyone's sort of morale around the new season. So, yeah, I think we could well get some results and I think that will set us up for the season. Well, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this, the first Wolves Women podcast. Hope to see you down at the ground, cheering on the girls at some point and we'll catch you later. Cheers. Bye.